Welcome to Season 2 of the Awareness Podcast. There will be a new episode every Friday from one of our four resident hosts and their guests. Tune in for Conversations in Truth with Bill Free, Living and Not Knowing with Jenny Beale, Tools for Awakening with Cindy Krupp, and Living an Awakened Life with me, Susan Telford. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 12 of the Tools for Awakening podcast. I am Cindy, and I am here with... I am Rana. (laughs) And to say that we have loved every moment of um, this experience, doesn't come close to um, describing anyway my gratitude, my love, my sense um, just pleasure in whatever it was that brought Ron and I here into this moment to put this series together for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. It's just been fantastic. I can hardly believe that we're on number 12. I know that uh, I've had the experience of of learning and growing and changing through this process myself and, you know, utilizing these tools in my daily life. It has made a huge difference. And I'm going to ask you more about that in just a few minutes, but why don't we spend a few minutes the the idea for this podcast, and oh, I just got chills. So something exciting is happening. Um, the idea for this episode really is to just review the tools, whatever um, there is to say, and then talk about how we put them all together as we step out into the world. Essentially, once we really wear these tools, right, it's almost like Becoming Superman. It's like Clark Kent gets up in the morning. And what we do is we put on our capes and we become Superman and Superwomen. And the capes are comprised of these tools, these new ways of seeing, these new approaches to what used to be called problems in the world to be solved. There are now opportunities for expansion and love and healing because of our of these uh these tools that have essentially become our superpowers you know that is sort of happening for me too is there's been this shift for me uh looking at this oh it's another opportunity for something to be healed when these seeming problems come up i'm i'm my perspective is shifting and uh kind of using a new word there, you know, oh, opportunity that brings a lot of lightness and uh, wonder into my life and just a challenge to see, you know, which of these tools, if not all of them will apply (laughs) to any given circumstance. All right, let's go through the list. Shall we do that? A few minutes or a minute or so on um, really just 10. We've, yeah. we, we have 10 tools, right? Because we did, 
<laughs> we did do a review halfway through, but let's talk about them a little bit and then walk through some, some, some scenarios um, about how they can be used as we interact in a seemingly world out there. Yes, sounds good. So we began episode one with honesty. And key here is not how we interact with others, but how we're willing to interact with ourselves. Yeah. I learned a lot about a new definition for honesty, that's for sure. It's, am I aligned with the truth? You know, the truth of what I am. And when I'm out of alignment, it's so much easier to notice when I'm out of alignment these days. Because as we were just saying, immediately I think there is a problem. Right. So key here, it's just like what you just said, Rana. If um, there's a sense of contraction, fear, desire to defend or attack, a projection of something outside of me that needs to change so that I can be okay. What we know for sure is we're not in alignment. We're not being honest. We have created a border between who we think we are and what we're seeing out there. And within the, um, within the beautiful understanding that all is well, um, that's just not being honest. Somewhere, somehow, um, just admitting, huh, there's a belief here that I'm something that I'm not. And so we really don't need to discover right off the bat what that belief is. We just need to be willing to accept that something's out of alignment. And then we go right to number two, right? Perhaps just about the most powerful of all of our skills and tools is the pause. What would you like to tell us about the pause? Well, the pause is exactly what it says. Stop. <laughs> Be still. You know, release my involvement from this story. You know, don't attach, allow it to pass by with some passing clouds. You know, it's just what's happening right now. And the pause is that for me, um, it's pointing me to get into the stillness, to ask for awareness about what's really going on here, to see the attachment. And I can't do that by thinking about it or figuring it out or doing 10 other things at the same time that I'm seeming there's a problem. There has got to be a pause. And without the pause, so the pause is something we, we want to practice um, whether we think we need it or not, because until we really place that pause throughout our day, we don't know when we're not being honest. We don't know when we put up defenses. We don't know that our old conditioning has, has pulled us into seeing a world that's not true. So the pause literally allows us to slow down and take a look at how we're interacting 
with the world, with ourselves. She. Yeah. And I feel called to add that, you know, when I first was introduced to this practice, you know, of course, my job is to become aware when I'm getting into fear or anger or problem solving. Those are all the indicators I'm out of alignment. And for me, the pause was simple as placing my hand on my chest and just repeating, I am, you know, and just the, um, the calming sensation of that. And I found that I can do that in a room full of people. They don't need to know. It doesn't have to be a certain posture of piety by any means. You know, it's just that remembrance. I am. And it pulls me out of that story for a moment. So then I'm available to do some of the other tools (laughs) that we have here. Yeah. Number three. Uh, My friend, uh, many of us know Dove Fishman, right? His card literally has this big word, trust. And it's his voice I hear. Trust solves all problems now. So we we trust the teachings. We trust that all is well. We part of the way I put it in my mind these days is I trust the Tao more than I trust the Cindy stories. So there's this sinking back, this this no matter how it feels, I am going to trust these teachings. And the teachings, it doesn't, I don't care which of the truth teachings you point to, whether it is A Course in Miracles or Rupert Spira or Ramana Maharshi or Michael Singer or Adi Ashanti, um, even Jesus in the New Testament, you know, no matter where Buddha, uh, they all point. So this idea that all is well, all is always well. If it's not your experience, then you're out of alignment with this, with this spaciousness. So instilling the trust in a benevolent universe allows all the other tools to become like supercharged. And without the trust, in the benevolence of the universe. Without that, then none of this is going to work. Yeah. I think that's back to that attitude of opportunity. When I pause and I trust that everything is happening exactly the way it is, is, is happening because it's an opportunity to show where I'm still believing in separation and that I have this trust that that awareness is going to show that to me, is going to reveal that so the correction can be made. And I trust that as well, you know, just that absolute trust to to believe in the truth, that I am not separate. I'm not this body. This body arises in me and so does everything else. And to just trust that, that there is that benevolence, you know, and I had an opportunity this last month to really look into that word and and it's a beautiful word and I love that that is the type of thing that I'm trusting in absolutely a knowing is there more you want to say about benevolence um well I was kind of pondering you know about 
when we have judgments, we kind of label them as good or bad. And I thought, uh, you know, I was kind of questioning. My mind was questioning, is benevolence seemingly terming this infinite consciousness as good or bad? But what my question and some meditation and thoughts about it led to is that it's not a question of good or bad. It's a question of love or not. And yes, love feels good to me as a human being in this body suit walking around, you know, and, and it does feel good. But love on its own is way more infinite than the word good. <laughs> and so that's what I found out about benevolence. Fabulous. And and that leads us right into gentleness because that's everything sort of got soft Yes. as I was listening to you talk about that. So share with us, please. Well, judgment, um, you know, judgment can come in at any time. That's what I need to be aware of. And so the gentleness comes in. I've, you know, I've paused. I have this trust that everything is happening for me. As an opportunity. And then there becomes another juncture where I have a choice here to keep my heels stuck in the sand and allow my thinking mind to go off on the right, I'm right, I'm right, or to be willing to have that softening, to remember that there really isn't a you and a me in a story, that there's a oneness here. And that I don't have to conjure up that gentleness either. That is a gift from pausing and and almost an effect, right? We talk a lot about cause and effect. And I think gentleness for me these days is is coming as a result of my willingness to pause and trust. Because it's the next thing that comes up. Oh, Man, this is harsh. I don't want to argue. Oh, yeah, I don't want to live like this anymore. Can I just be willing to stop attacking, stop defending in that moment? And I'm not doing it. It's about the willingness to allow it to happen. Soften those edges. Yeah. Yeah. Tolerance. So I heard you were just speaking about judgment. And tolerance was an interesting one. You and I spent a fair amount of time talking before we hit the record button. Because literally, tolerance becomes a non-issue when we recognize um, and say yes to this invitation to simply stop judging. Life is happening and there are rises and falls and there are actions. And sometimes there are lots of opportunities where we get to say no, (laughs) but we never have to defend that or judge that, you know, some things are just no longer useful. And so um, within um, this uh, 12 episode series, 
tolerance became this understanding of it's just, it becomes, it just collapses when we accept that um, there's nothing to judge. Right, right. And if there is, then that can just be noticed. Well, when judgment comes up, you mean, yeah? Yeah. Y- you know, and, and don't try to do anything outside of ourselves to make myself feel better in that moment is, is what you shared with us, Cindy. And that has been very powerful for me. Yeah. So am I willing to tolerate this this feeling that I need to do something in the world to feel better or to fix it? Or can I just sit and be with it and allow it? That's a, it's a, it's a key point. And I do, (laughs) I like the word confession. It's so much fun because I do walk around in my own contemplations and prayers. And I often just state, let no secrets be hid. And as I, as I slow down and as the edges get softened and as I become more defenseless and we'll talk about all those things, you notice more and more the subtle judgments that create this structure of who I think I am as something other than you. And they, I see them all the time. I am not a fully realized, you know, there's still, you know, I I will step into these areas that say these are problems that you have to solve, or these are these are the places where you are not what you see, or whatever. Even though I trust that the judgments that are coming up, the judgments come up, I can trust that they're not real. The body still responds as if they are, and every once in a while, you go unconscious and you act as if they are. Um, when you see them and you understand that this judgment that's coming up in you does not define you and you trust in the benevolence of the universe and you pause and rest and soften, those judgments can come up and go fairly quickly. It's kind of crazy. Sometimes they get a little stuck. But um, with patience and relaxation and the willingness for truth, the willingness to be honest, the willingness to trust these teachings, um, it collapses. Which leads us to joy, which is another one of those things that you can't force. You can't say, I am going to be joyful today. Joy, by definition, is your natural state. It's what happens when, if we move right to defenselessness, when we drop all our defenses, when we're willing to have all judgment healed in us, then what remains is. Yes, it's, you know, joy like happiness is revealed when the layers of all this, these stories and body mind are dissolved. You know, what remains is that joy. And Cindy, what you pointed us to um, during that episode was joy is the absence of the thinking mind. And I mean, I had to think about that for a second. And I realized, you know, what that means to me is that 
it's the slowing down and it's peaceful and there aren't a bunch of problems that need to be solved today. I can just allow life to flow through me, you know, and as things come up, I say, oh, look at that. That's when I know there's joy, you know, when there isn't that contraction and that worry. Tell me about defenselessness. Well, if I believe I'm being attacked, (laughs) then I'm believing that there's separation and I'm not in oneness and I'm therefore I'm not in the truth, you know? And so in my defenselessness, my safety lies. My job again is just to notice when there's an attack or a defense, if I'm thinking I'm being attacked. Yeah. So let's, uh, I, I am inspired. I thought we were going to go through all of them, but um, here's an example that we've all, we've all lived in with, with everything we've talked about so far. Someone we care about, someone we, trust calls us and they start saying some nasty things they start throwing you know shade (laughs) in our direction and they they start telling us and for me it's when I hear words like I'm so worried about you you need to do your life differently (laughs) so that you know you could show up in a way that's acceptable right or you're doing it wrong, some version of you're doing it wrong, or you are wrong, and you're listening to this. I, it's happened in the last X number of months. Yeah. Um, it's all coming in, right? So here's how we use this work when we're conscious in practice, as soon as you notice. So these words are coming they're landing in something inside. How I how do I know that they're landing? I'm feeling the contraction, right? I'm feeling <laughs> tight. I'm feeling emotional. Because of this practice, though, I don't say a word, right? This is this is this becomes an interesting space. Now it doesn't mean that if if I wasn't feeling the tightness or the fear or the pain. And there were things to say from a neutral space, say them in the moment. But this work invites us, if we're feeling attacked, simply means that we're not fully in alignment with the benevolence of the universe. If we're feeling attacked in that moment and there's this contraction, we can sit back and I tend to say thank you. Because it's an opportunity. I, this, this being who I adore has just shown me that perhaps I hadn't seen before where I was holding myself apart and where I wasn't being fully in alignment with trusting the benevolence of the universe. So I allow the attack to come in and either on the phone <laughs> or when I get off. I trust the benevolence of the universe. I give my trust to the process 
and I allow the feelings to, to, to be there, right? And they often come with thoughts, with internal judgments, oh, they're right, with external judgments, how dare they do this to me, whatever. But the more I hang out in the pause at that time and, and be kind and gentle and stay soft on the edges, it orders sort of diffuses, right? It just sort of diffuses. So in the moment that it feels like you're being attacked, the most powerful thing one can do is to be defenseless and not defend or attack back, right? And allow it to flow through. Remember the pause. Remember that all is well and all that's happening right now is we've discovered where we're not being in alignment slash honest. At that point, you know, there's there are practices that we haven't really spoken about here, but, you know, anyone that's listening to us is listening to all these other things. So there's meditative practices and contemplative practices and just resting in the pause, borderland, whatever. There's lots of different things you can do. But at some point, you hit this beautiful stillness, this quietness, this joy. And at that point, when you feel the joy and the stillness, then that place of not being honest has been healed. And from there, action may or may not arise. Correction may or may not arise. But it's a beautiful way of seeing all of these kind of tools that we talked about in motion in our day-to-day interactions. And the more you practice them, the more they become kind of automatic. In the last couple of months, I've had a couple of those circumstances where somebody was attacking my way of being, right? And many, many times when that happens these days, it moves right through me. I don't even understand it. But sometimes that contraction occurs and because of how often we practice these tools they're becoming more and more automatic and even in the moment there's this wave even as the pain of being attacked and the desire from the conditioning to defend and the and the decision not to defend arises there's still this excitement this gratitude for another opportunity to heal something that had been hidden mm. Just beautiful. I feel like the first step for me in this is that willingness to stay quiet. You know, that's something, you know, new was new for me in the world, you know, that I had to, I always thought that I had to defend myself or um, prove to you that I knew what I was talking about. Um, lots of ego things. And today it feels different to stay quiet, but I also see the result of that because instead of making any current circumstance worse, (laughs) which tends to happen if I defend myself or, or attack back, you know, it's allowing me to, to process it you know, if you're, I'm having a conversation like your hypothetical, I've got one of those two, you know, that I could point to, 
And I notice my body when I'm on the phone with any of these particular individuals, and I could feel some sort of feeling rising. And there is where the willingness comes in to mentally pause and say nothing. Because this is obviously coming up because it needs to be healed. It doesn't need to be addressed in this moment with this seeming other person. It's my stuff. They're just doing what they do. I'm allowing buttons to be pushed in that circumstance. So now I need to be willing to do it differently and ask to see it differently. It's just always about me, right? <laughs> Let's talk about generosity. Let's do it. What do you to want give to give and tell receive us? Or one? To give and receive or one, right? Right. So what I give out is what's going to come back. In fact, what I think is going to come back. I know for me, looking at the world with judgment and thinking things needed to be different all the time created a dissatisfaction with the world. So I, and I got what I expected. Not anymore. So um, what I want, or the, the inspiration to light up when it comes to generosity is the energy of not being generous, the energy of thinking I do not have enough time or money or resources or emotional whatever mm -hmm. um, comes from fear. It comes from a belief in lack. It comes from fear. It comes from the false belief that there isn't enough. Mm -hmm. Just knowing that, allowing for that, softening around that and asking for that to be healed opens a flow that creates this sense of easy giving, a sense of, um, yes, there's always enough love. There's always enough resources when the universe asks something from me and I feel that inner yes, there's going to be more and more and more. Mm -hmm. Key to this does not mean that there's never a no, right? Again, this is an intu intuition and a guide and you kind of know. But when the, the no, no, I don't have this for you comes from the sense of lack, just recognize there's an opportunity to to heal this sense of separation that you hadn't seen before. Yeah, I think there's that edge of following our guidance in generosity. You know, is it coming from ego or is it coming from inner guidance? What is my motive for giving or not giving? And there you find that lack or not. Infinite patience, infinite patience gives or the result of infinite patience is immediate results. That's something. Um, 
all the teachers like one of the things that the teachers that light up in me <laughs> um, have taught me is to stop looking for outer results. The practice itself, the showing up in stillness and in curiosity and in openness in any moment is its own reward. And so when you let go of outward attainable goals, like even I want to know the truth of who I am as a as a future goal and instead give your willingness to be fully present in the moment. That's infinite patience. That's pulling yourself out of the timeline and allowing this moment to fully, um, fully uh, bless you, um, give you um, everything that is that you need to know the truth of who and what you are. Yeah, patience for me is that that willingness to um, be patient with what is. What's right in front of me. This is what's happening. Be present to it. Open-mindedness is what we talked about in the last episode. If you think you're right, all I can tell you for sure is that there's a distortion. Um, as soon as there are words, as soon as there is a me who knows something that you don't know, what we've done is we have um, created a boundary, a me and an other. And we filled ourselves with opinions and judgments as subtle or as innocent as they seem that will limit our experience of truth. Um, when we let that go, when we're willing to allow the present moment to inform us, there's a stillness and openness. Every moment becomes brand new. And um, I don't have any other words for it other than I likes it. <laughs> yeah. One of the pointings that you made in that episode was that the open mind is actually the empty mind. And so when I contemplated that myself, even after our, our time together, I realized that the empty mind is just a perfect place of stillness, right? And that whatever is arising, man, there's just this open space to it. Like, it's okay. Again, it's, it's happening for me. There's a benevolence, right? Yeah. So let's, um, let's take a few minutes and just talk about a couple of scenarios and how to put all of this together. Yeah? Sure. Um, for most of us, for me, and I think, well, I think, from what I understand about you and chances are most of the people who are listening to us, our world is out there. You know, our life is our spiritual practice. Um, whether we're conscious or not conscious about it, the, the best place for us to rise in consciousness, as it were, 
um, to experience more and more of the truth of who we are is not on the meditation cushion as much as I love being on the meditation cushion. Um, the greatest uh, bang for the buck is how we show up in the seemingly world out there, in our interactions with others, in our interactions with our vocation, our children, our bodies, our life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's bringing these tools into those experiences that will create the biggest so-called transformations in our experience. Yes. So we talked about receiving a phone call, right? And feeling attacked. Um, there was an experience I had a call. It's so interesting. You and I talked beforehand and I was like, I don't know what, what experiences are we going to bring this to? Um, I had an experience quite a few years ago um, where uh, my identity was stolen and whatever. I, I went unconscious for a minute. Cindy went unconscious for a minute and provided social security and, and the beginning of bank account stuff to someone I shouldn't have or couldn't have, right? So that occurred quite a few years ago, pre-pandemic. And um, I caught, like I woke up in the middle of it. <laughs> right? Woke up in the middle of it. And there's all this pain and this fear rising. Obviously, I'm okay. Can I tell you the net result of doing all this work was discovering that I wasn't a number. And I didn't even know that I thought I was a number until I felt how attached I was to the numbers and, and how unsafe it all felt. So, so identity has been so-called, here's the other thing right away, right? I also learned that that's not my identity, but in the moment, all oh, numbers are stolen, uh, money's at risk, all sorts of things like this whole crazy feeling of being unsafe. So right away from a radical honesty standpoint, there's this acceptance, even as the pain is pretty friggin' excuse my language, the pain is, blew up for the better part of a week, right? And then more so, but um, knowing right away that here is full evidence of a belief that I am unsafe, the belief that I am a number, et cetera, et cetera. So an awareness that I am, un, I am out of alignment with all this work, this this belief and and trust in a benevolent universe, so you see that. And even though the body is still continuing to respond in fear, again for quite this took a little bit of processing. I kept falling back into trust, falling back that this is for my healing, falling back into this understanding that I live in a benevolent universe and everything is for me. And through that process, and even while the pain was raging, there's this softening and this softening and this, the edges and the edges. And as self-judgment came up, the willingness to have this healed self-judgment kept coming up. It's a continuous 
experience. Wanting to attack myself and others, you drop, you drop the desire and you become defenseless and you allow. There was this, this understanding, right? This amazing understanding that everything is for me. Stay soft. Recognize this as an experience and I keep coming back to the stillness, coming back to the pause, coming back to the pause. And I could feel through that entire experience when something, I need this fixed now. I need to know I'm okay now. That's the opposite of patience, right? And all that did was create like a boundary and a border. And, and uh, it felt like a wall. And then you step back and go back to the pause and you trust and you trust and you trust. And there was this emptying that went on and, and all the right steps were taken and everything got resolved. And four years later, man, I'm still here. <laughs> right. And there were a couple of things that were taken uh, steps that were taken to keep the identity, the worldly identity safe and all these things were occurring and counts got changed and calls and, and, and different things that happened. But again, just recognizing that this experience shows me where I'm not trusting and where I'm out of alignment and just softening and softening and softening and, and patiently coming back to the work every time another wave of fear came up. A perfect, perfect way to use these tools. Yeah. That was beautiful. Thank you. What a great example. I mean, you could just plug in any life example to that. He, um, and yeah, and, and perhaps that's it because it, same thing, you could get a medical diagnosis. You could, you could discover that you just lost your job. Your spouse decide, you discover your spouse is cheating on you. You have a child with some sort of, um, issues that you can't resolve immediately. Whatever it is, the key piece to all of this using all of these tools is recognizing that the goal is not to abate the pain in the moment. The goal is honesty, <laughs> trust, letting down the defenses, focus on the fact that the world is here as an opportunity for us to drop everything that limits our experience of who we truly are. Absolutely. Is there more, Rana? This is, I feel complete. I feel so complete. I just want to thank you so much because I know we've done this together, but I just feel growing and expanding happening for me. And um, I hope our, our listening audience feels it too with such clarity, Cindy. Thank you. Well, it's come through both of us. I, um, and all of us, anyone who's here, anyone who's been listening this whole year, this experience has been and continues, um, to be extraordinary. I love us all so very much. Um, hugs, 
Until next time. Know Thank that you, everyone. We love you. I hope you enjoyed this final episode of Tools for Awakening with Cindy Krupp and Ronna Marin. Would you like the opportunity to attend live sessions with Cindy and Ronna every week and explore spiritual awakening in the company of like-minded men and women? Then I invite you to check out what is on offer in our online spiritual community, Evolve. Click the link in the show notes for this podcast for more information and to join us. And be sure to tune in next week for the final episode of Living an Awakened Life with me, Susan Telford, and my guest, Angelo DiLulu. The Awareness Podcast is brought to you by Centre for Awakening, formerly known as the Teachers of God Foundation, in association with Pure Presence Conferences.